wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hello, everybody. Hey, good morning. Happy ha- Monday before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, we were just talking with Stephen, who's our guest backstage, and it's the week of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like work will be at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Lots week. of prep yeah. for uh, we're hosting this year for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving um, dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. And so, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're currently trying to figure out how many people are coming because it's like usually neighbor. Hey, do you want to come? Yeah. Hey, neighbor, do you want to come? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun. I enjoy that kind of stuff yeah. an awful lot. So Jim's like. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'll I don't be en- there. I'll be there. <laughs> you don't want me cooking. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be fun, though, because yeah. I've got all the kids coming to help the day before and get everything prepped. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have? Any announcements? Uh, no, in fact, I don't have confirmation on our one for Wednesday. We've got something up our sleeve to bring mm-hmm. if uh, if our but guest we'll can't to, yeah. uh, join us. But we'll uh, nothing yeah. we can for- formally announce just yet. Yeah, so, uh, and likely Fridays will be recorded. And played right. so because you know we'll be we a have, family and we have guests stuff. we yeah. have guests so yep. all righty um anything else no I don't uh, think so let's jump in all right we're <clears throat> gonna bring her and bring him in Karsten Mr Stephen Karsten welcome Good morning we're so glad to have you here and uh, appreciate your expertise you know being willing to come and kind of give us a a lowdown on what it is that you're seeing in the market. So for those who don't know, Stephen, maybe we just start with uh, a little bit of information about your background and your firm. You're in in Texas, right? Yep, Houston. Uh-huh. And yep. the firm? And, yeah, uh, so yeah, SGC is probably the oldest buy here, pay here firm in the country. Done it since the early 80s, exclusively buy here, pay here. Right. Originally founded by Ken Shilson, and then he retired in 2006. And it's been run by four other partners since. Right. And um, yeah, buy a pay is all we do. And um, I'm an audit partner and I've been with the firm 22 years. So wow. um, I asked you one time, so I know the answer, but for our listeners, your your accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, South African, uh, yeah. born and raised. And then I, I came here for college. Which uh-huh. is okay. So you didn't, you probably weren't exposed to buy here, pay here in South Africa, I'm guessing. Uh, I was not. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was not. Yeah, you learned do, they, do they just not have it down, have it down there at all? They might, but I was a teenager and wasn't, gotcha. wasn't gotcha. looking to buy, buy a car yet. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, they might, but uh, <laughs> hey, the, the, honestly, the dealership system is very different there. Everything's actually, even new cars are in a head. There's no, nothing on the lots. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a different system. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Something tells me though, there are lenders and borrowers just about everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> if you can make money, someone's going to do it. Yeah. Someone okay, figured true. it out. Right. True that. Yeah. So uh, we're glad to have you here. I think um, I didn't explain a lot when I reached out to you that I had actually seen your comments on a thread, you know, as we often do, we're in Facebook and we're in the same mm-hmm. group. It, it was from a while ago. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a while ago, um, but somebody yeah. commented about, uh, you know, a bulk buyer that was, or somebody was looking to sell some paper in bulk and you kind of chimed in on the conversation. It made me think, oh, you know, Stephen's a guy who and can it, definitely speak to this yeah, thing. It was we, also, I think that you made some comments about some of uh, the bigger stuff closing down or squeezing. Yeah. 
um, what it is that they're doing in lending. And so I was like, let's have Stephen come. And yeah, was like, yeah, let's have Stephen come. And, and we don't pay a lot of attention to the larger capital markets, you know, as people describe them, we, we, we don't see a lot of news, frankly, but we also, you know, obviously in our space, we see the things as it relates to subprime. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some of the same news you've seen about large dealership groups pulling mm-hmm. out, some lenders deciding not to continue to engage in the space. And, you know, I p- personally was a dealer through the 08 period. So we saw money come and go mm-hmm. related to that big, you know, kind of real estate driven thing. But um, but now that and one of the things I've always said, Stephen, is like, you know, in our buy here, payer space, it always feels to me like regardless of what's happening in the stock market and the larger mm-hmm. economy, like our buy here, payer dealers are just kind of down here doing all the business they can afford to do, you know, it doesn't seem to affect them a lot, except for the cost of money, which is one of the things. So what are you kind of seeing in the news and what's the outlook for cost of money and just kind of a larger access to capital? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough in all industries. Um, you know, since, since the crash of Silicon bank, there's been a significant, um, outflow of capital from the banks. And if banks, I think it's something like three trillion have left um, um, the major institutions. Mm. And so if they don't have deposit accounts, they won't make as many risky um, loans. Um, So so they'll make less loans because they don't have to provide returns on the deposit accounts. Um, So so in all industries, even even my partner, he's got some real estate investments and even his real estate investments, the banks have told him, um, they'll be changing the um, collateral requirements and making it harder for his loans. Um, so even in real estate, it's, it, it, which is a much more secure industry, um, they're tightening up and, and uh, you know, taking less risks. Um, there's also been a lot of consolidation in the banking market. There's a lot less banks out there, um, which, you know, hurts when you try to get a loan. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the, and unfortunately, a lot of in in our industry, a lot of the lenders that would make loans join together. So you went from twenty banks to ten banks, and and uh, uh, it's the same guys, unfortunately, but there's half as many options. So yeah, and it's it's uh, there's definitely been consolidation, less risky loans that they want to make, and the rates are way up. I, I one of the things that just kind of sparked a question. Um, so one of the, one of the big reasons you're seeing why banks are pulling back is because people are pulling their money out of the banks. And so it sounds to me like there's a good, a good, um, uh, one of the good causes of this is because people are losing a little bit of their trust in leaving money in a bank. And so it's, it's not, it's not as much a, a uh, a market driven uh, of the vendors of the banks this is more of a consumer driven towards the banks and the banks are just trying to make sure that they can keep things going moving forward in their institution is that correct it is it is and but funnily enough with the with the rates of returns the way they are you would think people would be putting money in um because you can now get five percent cds you know secured by the government in theory um, but but there's actually been a significant outflow. So um, I think people just lost confidence once all the, you know those some of those banks went. Um, and the F- FDIC did actually cover the loans about uh, the deposits above two fifty, just to restore confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but people people lost confidence, and money has been leaving for the entire year. 
Yeah. And so, you know, we've seen, and I kind of, you know, we call it subprime. When I think about the way I learned it way back when I first got in the industry was this idea of, you know, credit scores kind of associated with like letter grades we would get in school. Mm -hmm. Like an A consumer is your top, you know, tier consumer, high credit score. And then D has typically been reserved for the customer who we call as unbankable in the buy here, payer space. So the interesting part for me to observe is kind of that C paper segment where you've got marginal credit consumers. And we know that lenders come in and out of that space, depending on the appetite of wall street, some of those kind of things, you know, you see, you see money kind of expand and contract into that zone, but it almost never comes into the, at least the, the wall street money almost never comes into the buy here, pay here space. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got some providers out there doing some pretty unique things with securitizations and what have you, but I just wonder kind of what your perspective is on that. And, and maybe we can tie it to a second question, which is, you know, what is the environment right now? Like, you know, obviously we're coaches and advisors working with dealers and we're hearing from quite a few people that recognize the opportunity that exists right now for mm-hmm. buy here, pay. And we're hearing from pr- quite a few people who want to get in it. So I'm wondering what your perspective is on that from, from your chair as a CPA and specialist in the, the financial sector of the, of the subprime business like what are you what are you seeing do you think this is a good time for dealers to be starting <laughs> not not really um i think we're a couple of years out yeah. um, um there will be we have already heard announcements of banks that that provide finance or banks that do loans for new car dealers pulling back mm-hmm. and in theory that'll push some of that b and c paper that the new car dealers stole from us it should push it down to us, right. but it's not going to happen overnight. What's going to happen is the new car dealer will go find a different lender, and the, he'll pay. He'll he'll get a little little worse. You know, the fee, the lender fees will be a little worse, but he'll still be in the money. And then that lender will go for six months, and then that lender will pull out, and then and then it'll be another lender. And at some point, the deals no longer make sense to the new car dealer. Sure. And that's when those C grade paper, B grade paper will be pushed to us because the new car dealer isn't going to do it anymore. But one bank pulling out, a couple of banks pulling out isn't enough to immediately push that customer to us. Um, um, there are always lenders that ready to step in and take over the, that business until their economics no longer make sense. And um, but their economics don't make sense with the cost of their money and the rising default rates and their margins are so thin that the people that buy this, the BNC paper from new car dealers, they actually pay a premium for that paper. And, and with the cost of their capital and now default rates being the highest they've pretty much ever been, it no, their economics no longer makes sense. So they'll have to switch to discounting the paper and then the new car dealer is not going to like that. And, It'll it, it'll take time, but that paper will trickle down to us. But it's probably two years out. Um, um, you know, I mean, when 08, 09 happened, mm-hmm. we flourished in like eleven and twelve. It, it it's it takes time to sure. to um, you know to put to 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 you know come through to us. And I'm hoping in a couple of years the interest rates come start to move back down again. Yeah. Um, cause that, that hurts everybody. So, uh, I want to come back to the idea of dealers who are just starting fresh in the business. Like I want to know, um, as we think about kind of this business of, uh, we know the environment currently is 
high cost of car. I mean, it's flattened mm-hmm. some seems, but cost mm-hmm. of car obviously moved dramatically in the last couple of years. And so that's been kind of an unprecedented, you know, shift in prices or certainly in a short time period. Then you've got higher cost of access to money for those dealers who might have the means to access external money. They're going to pay more for it, certainly in the near term. And so those things make it disadvantageous. We're, we also recognize there's opportunity, but we're, you know, I, I saw a thing the other day, Steve, that said bankruptcies were up 17% year over year. So, you know, that's an indication of, you know, a, a consumer struggling. And so I think um, it just feels like for those who, you know, have the means to do it, that there, there should be plenty of opportunity in that opportunity to, in the way you described it should only increase as far as those consumers who kind of fall into the, 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 you know, the unbankable category, then we should be able to have gr- greater increase. I just, I just watch that. And I see, we, we're seeing people who are moving forward. I think if they structure their business, well, it's always, we're always advocates for walk before you run, mitigating mm-hmm. through really mm-hmm. good deal mm-hmm. structure and financing structure. And so I think if we if we did that, we should see opportunity. But I, it's an interesting time. We're all just navigating. That's why I wanted to have the conversation with you. I think dealers out there are navigating this. What do they think? Is is this a good time to to go all in, or you know, we're just kind of seeing different perspectives? Yeah, and I wouldn't say go all in. Yeah. Maybe a good time to get your feet wet yeah. and get ready for two years from now. Yeah, because yeah. because um, you know, everybody's contracting now. Um, all the all the largest dealers are contracting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they're they've tightened up all their credits. Sure. Um, you know, and, but again, and and they can flip the switch in a heartbeat to go back to aggressive growth. So, but a small guy starting out, it, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have aggressive growth out the door. Um, you'll make too many mistakes. You'll, you what procedures, your processes won't be in place. So, if you want to get your feet wet now, conservatively, mm-hmm. great, fine. Um, um, but, uh, aggressive growth right now, no, but maybe I, like I said, I do think it's coming. There will be these customers that get pushed down to, uh, to our, to our, um, you know, to our level. And then hopefully we can push out the, the four hundreds and move to the five hundreds. Right. And, and that help that helps our overall business that helps everything. So, um, um, you know, that's coming, that will come. Um, and all, and like you said, all the consumers are struggling, and that's going to push everybody down a notch. Right. Um, um, and so you know we'll see the seas, um, um, which is what we're waiting for. But it's everything just lags so long in this industry; it's mm-hmm. always a couple of years behind the the news. So um, yeah, I think I think um, you know again, if you want to get your procedures and your processes and get some good employees, key employees in place, because it takes time to find key employees. Right. Um, um, and just run a small conservative dealership for now and get, and just wait around for that, that, that market shift. Absolutely. Right. And honestly, my smallest dealers are consistently my most profitable dealers. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. They always are. Um, um, as in a percentage to what they sell, it's, it's night and day. So keeping it small, getting a couple key employees that. Um, that's already a recipe for success. Um, the larger you get, the more key employees you need, and it's harder and harder to find key employees. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a small dealership, I would never say no. Um, aggressive growth, 
I would discourage that right now. It just it doesn't make sense. And, and with the cost of capital, you would likely have to borrow to do, to finance that growth. Reconditioning as much as any any softening in the inventory costs have been replaced by increased in reconditioning costs. Yeah. So we're still too deep into the cars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now the economics are are soft. So uh, yeah, I mean, perfect your dealership, keep it conservative, and um, um, you know, and just wait around for the market to change because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I, I have a couple of questions for you. It's well, kind of what I'm I'm uh, just wondering is is if someone who has a lot of um, personal capital. Um, that it would be uh, it would be a good time to get something like that started Wait, because are you saying you have a lot of personal? No, no, capital? I don't have a lot of personal. She's been holding capital. out. Obviously. Yeah, no she's saying someone who can self finance the operation. Someone who can self finance okay. the operation. Um, uh -huh. You know, and and if there's a pulling back and in other things, it's like this is this is an investment. If you're looking for an something that's going to have a good return on an investment, this is a good investment that's going to start returning in the next couple of years. You're going to start to see it really start to pick up and and have some is kind of what I'm hearing from what you're saying as well. It's like if if you're looking for capital from a bank, maybe not as much. Very yeah, there's no the, the margins are too too weak yeah. once you pay all that interest. Yeah, yeah, if if you've got the money then you know it's like get in get mm -hmm. get yourself set up so that you can mm -hmm. you can and enjoy mm -hmm. those benefits i i have a question because this is how my mind works and oh, so boy. you know i know right one insider mind so, Stephen. um franchise franchise they're they're constricting so are they decreasing what they're producing for their inventory from from the the major manufacturers so they are, but but it, it, so so far we've only seen the high end vehicles. Um, um, the, there is there's been numbers of articles about these hundred thousand dollar pickup trucks just sitting because um, no one can afford a hundred thousand dollar pickup truck anymore. Right. Um, um, so they produce it, they, and you know for a while people they were actually selling them. Now they're not. So um, the high end vehicles have definitely um, softened. People still need regular vehicles. Um, um, so that, that'll take, that'll take time to soften yeah. and, and the demand's always there. It's, it's just who's who's prepared to provide the financing to someone who's, you know, your Kia and Hyundai have traditionally done your 500 credit score people, and they've had no problem doing that. How long till they do have a problem getting loans done for your 500 credit scores at a Kia and Hyundai? And then that those are the customers that will be be pushed down and start to have to shop used car. Um, um, and we'll, so we're waiting for that. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 gonna again, it's gonna take it's gonna take time. But uh, uh, um, yeah, the only the only softening we've seen so far is on high end vehicles so far at the franchise dealers. So what like like where this goes in my mind is if they aren't able to pick up the the B and C paper, they're probably not going to be buying used vehicles um, because the used vehicles are going to be your B and C paper people typically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means that there's going to be more used vehicles that will be at the at the um, the auctions, which means that. What I mean, it, what are the chances that the prices of used vehicles go down because now we have less buyers right. for used vehicles? It, it will, and if and if new car inventory starts to stack up, then they're gonna um, they they're not gonna they're gonna have excess inventory and slow their buying anyway. 
Um, um, so yeah, it, it all goes hand in hand. But again, it's it's two years. Everything takes time to inventory yeah. levels will have to build at the new car dealers. Then they'll slow their buy. Then right. the you know everything goes hand in hand, and is it's going to be two years. It yeah. just it just will be. Um, before um, you reach its peak of benefit, right? Correct. Before we're before all the right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, all the economics, every single economic we care about is actually against us. Mm-hmm. You know, vehicles are high, interest is high, you know, charge-offs are high, sure. demand is mediocre. We're in this really, like, every economic thing is against us. But in two years, in, I'm hoping every one of them is actually moving in the positive direction. More demand, rates coming down, inventory softening. We could hit that sweet spot mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Because they all they all affect each other in a weird circle. So, um, um, you know. Uh, uh, so, anyways, you know, um, I, you know, will it'll take time. It's not it's not going to be next year. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, and you always have a two or three year down period, and this is we're in the down period, mm-hmm. and we we've seen some of the worst financial results we've seen in a long time. Um, um, and it's going to be there's always a two or three year down period, and then two or three year great period. Yeah. Um, so it just it just is what it is. So um, you know, be be conservative, and and uh, ride it out, and just try and keep your keep your bottom line in the plus side. You ain't you ain't gonna make millions right now, but keep it if you, as long as you can keep it in the plus side. That's 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 all I ask of my dealers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the economics just just are too tough to to put down big numbers. It's a good time to sound like to be working on efficiencies, yes. the operation streamlined. Mm-hmm. Like you sure said, your find your good key people if you're starting. Oh, of course. Like it's really building something that's and strong. System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to yeah, work yeah. systems, you know, get, get and, and And there are going to be dealers going out of business. We've heard about the big ones. I can tell you right now, we're aware of, we're aware of multiple dealers who are artificially covering their borrowing base and they will be caught and they will be shut down and, and, um, and that'll put them out of business and, and there's going to be key employees available. Um, um, and good time to pick them up and, you know, um, you know, feel, you know, if, if you have, you know, cycle through some, some employees that maybe are, mediocre i'm not trying to be mean but you know you you know you might have some employees that that you know if if the opportunity comes along you know hire talent even if you don't need it right now because sure you know uh, um when when you when you do need it you're not going to find it so if you if you know if you see a a, a, an opportunity come along get the talent and get just get ready because the market will turn it always does we've gone through these cycles and uh, again i've been 22 years it's probably the fifth or sixth up and down cycle that I've been through. Right. Um, um, and, you know. So what I'm kind of hearing is, it's if, is, is if you're poising yourself for good talent, you're going to be getting a better customer and a lower priced car. So get ready. We hope. We hope. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> um, um, but, you no. know, yeah, just, just, hang, just, hang, just hang tight right now. You know, you've got to make it through the next couple of years. I, and you've got to keep your books in the plus. Yeah. yeah, I've been hearing dealers say that for a while. It's like, get ready, yeah. you know, because it's going to happen because they've seen yeah. it before. It's like, get well, ready. One of the most common, yeah. one of the most common things that dealers have been saying to me is, and these are the, these are the, the, 
the the old timers that have the the really impressive operations, but they've been doing it thirty years. They they're saying they right now they're just like yeah, it's just things are just back to twenty nineteen, and they're not wrong because I'm in the middle of calculating everyone's new Cecil allowance calculations where I have to track their historical losses, and the losses are, you know, we we think that the losses are so bad, but actually they're just cal calculating back to about what they were in twenty nineteen. Good. The only yeah. difference is we didn't have high interest in 2019. So, so mm -hmm. the losses are back to 2019, mm -hmm. but we don't, the interest is way worse than 2019. That's why our economics aren't great right now. But, but the losses are just 2019 losses. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and unfortunately, some dealers haven't experienced those losses before. They started, you know, in the last two, three years. And, and, uh, you know, so they, the charge-offs look bad to them, but they're just more normal charge-offs if you're a, if you're an old time dealer. So, um, um, you know, so you just got to make, you just got to work the economics, cut your expenses. Too many dealers have too much, uh, uh there's yeah. a lot of fluff in their expenses yeah. and you just can't handle that right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the economics are too tight. Mm -hmm. You need to be cutting everywhere you can, it, you know, um, you know, and getting smart with your money. I mean, if you're going to spend yeah, it, spend yeah. it in the way that you're going to get the best return on that money as you can. Of course, of course. I mean, it's just it's too tough right now, too tight right now. Everything's too expensive. Look at every bill. Don't be afraid to renegotiate. Don't be afraid to mm -hmm. question. You know, I have clients who pay for like five or six different car websites to advertise their cars, and then um, and I really question like. How many loan, you know, how many, how many leads actually come from, you probably find 80% of the leads come from three of those five. And those other two, you know, are probably bringing one or two and that customer probably would have stumbled upon you anyway, once they switch to the other web, website, you know, right. yeah. and, and, and those are thousands of dollars. Each one of those websites costs thousands of dollars a well, month. It, it's you can't, you can't measure. I mean, you can't look at something that you're not measuring that you're not paying attention yes. to. And yes. so, yeah, start figuring out how to track what. Yeah, uh, what it's too, out. it's too, uh, you know, you cannot be um, frivolous right now with, you know, look at every bill, decide if that's really what you need right now and try and cut your expenses because, you know, we do everything as percentages and, Interest is up as a percentage. Charges are up as a percentage. The only thing that we have control over is kind of our expenses. And if we have to, you know, to stay profitable, we have to cut out of the expenses what we've lost on the the interest and 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 charge off side, or else the economics no longer, you know. Otherwise, you end up at minus at the bottom. So, um, um, you know, we got to we got to keep the economics such that we end up in with a plus at the bottom. Yeah. And um, you know, so it's funny because I I recently got. A, a large banker called me and, and asked me to come and do a presentation to his credit committee because they were literally ready to jump off a cliff and, and, um, and they were ready to burn this industry. And, and I went and did a presentation. And, and at the end, I was just like, if a dealer is in the plus, I don't care if it's $1 and he's got availability on the line and he's not borrowing every single dollar on the line, that's an A customer, leave him alone. You know, um, as long as you can stay in the plus and keeps keep availability and you're not borrowed out every dollar, that's a healthy bank relationship. 
Um, dealers are simply not going to put down the numbers that they've put down the last couple of years. A, de a dealer that might have made seven fifty and paid five hundred thousand in interest. If he does nothing different this year, he'll pay a million in interest and only make two fifty. And he hasn't changed anything, and it's not his fault. Yeah. It just is what it is. So you know, I told the credit committee, listen, if they're as long as they got one dollar on the bottom line and they've got availability on the line, that's probably a, a, a healthy dealer. Um, you know, don't worry about him. Worry about the guys that are in the negative and have every dollar borrowed on every borrowing base. Unfortunately, that is a dealer who will likely run into a, uh, a month where he can't cover the borrowing base and he might do something. That's and, and, and that's the, once, once you, you know, and I want to stress to dealers, don't do, you might get caught in a tough position. Mm -hmm. Don't fudge the borrowing base. Isn't yeah. that what we talked to when we look at our customers and we're underwriting our customers, when we create these really small margins of PTI, when they have a hiccup, which they're going to have a hiccup yep. and you're not getting paid. And yep. it's, it's the same thing as we need, we need to be living by what we're preaching. <laughs> yes. Yes. And if yeah. you do run into that situation, talk to your banker. It's better to Make talk sense. first and offer him a, a a plan hey listen i'll i'll pay an extra 50 for the next three months you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this it, uh, bankers are always you have a better chance if you're up front and offer him a, a solution he he almost won't have a choice but to accept your solution right versus if you if you do something like modify the accounts to show that they're still current that next month now you're going to have twice as many accounts coming off and you're definitely not going to cover it next month and now you've just created a i mean you're 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 walking the line of being shut down right. um and you'll lose everything so so you might run into a tough situation but be honest with your banker come up with a plan for yourself and and i'm sure he'll be willing to work with you um, um the best dealers talk to their bankers the bankers understand there will be tough times um, don't try to hide anything from your banker. It comes out in the wash in the long run. You cannot sustain a, a losing operation. Unfortunately, in the long run, will it'll show up in the financials. It'll show up in your bank account. It'll show up in your cash needs. Um, and you can only hide it for two or three months before it, yeah. Yeah. it it's over. So, um, you know, just recognize if you have a tough situation, make a plan for yourself, communicate with your banker and, um, you know, and, that's a bit, you know, and that's a better way. And I actually think some dealers lie to themselves about how we'll just do it next month. Oh, I'll just, sure. you know, charge also be better next month. And I, I, and I don't think they're necessarily lying to the banker. They're lying to themselves. Good. And, and you've got to recognize when things aren't working the way they are and the economics aren't quite there anymore. And you, you've got to make a plan. Um, um, well, a couple of things you talked about there that I think we can, I mean, one, I got to have you back a couple of times. You touched on like this whole <laughs> thing about small dealerships versus large dealerships and that whole scale. Oh. I mean, you know, the the whole, we would think economies of scale would, uh, would work in favor no. of big operators, but I, no. I wouldn't break that down when we come. I want to have you come back sometime. I'm, I'm writing rather, it down. So no. it's important. And then, you know, you touched on uh, kind of in the long run, which mm -hmm. is, you know, Michelle and I talk a lot about the long game. So this is kind of back to something we often talk about. In this case, we're talking about lenders, but you know, whoever our providers are that we're working with, we want to make sure 
that they're playing the long game just like we are because if we yes. have misaligned interests, then that's going to make it challenging. If we have misaligned interests and we have a borrowing base or a leverage problem, then that really makes for an uncomfortable environment. But I think what I'm hearing you say, Stephen, is like, you know, we, we've been advocating for the same things. Communicate, be honest with yourself about your situation and, and, and develop a plan because we think, you know, if you're really playing the long game, and you're you really are in a position to to weather a storm, then you know you got to have a strategy to get there. You got to mm -hmm. be working with somebody who's also playing the long game and prepared to go there with you because mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing some lenders don't have the appetite. So it's important mm -hmm. for us to know maybe not only where where our lenders are, you know, what they're charging, but also their source of money so that we can better understand the appetite overall. But, you know, it's, it's tricky in that way. I would just say that one of the things that we see is that, you know, dealers are, they're adaptive, but they just mm -hmm. got to have a good strategy at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, we've taken away a lot of the margin for error with cost of money. And so that just means we got to tighten up in the operation. We got to make sure our spending. And then the other conversation that I want to have with Stephen one day is like, I hear you talk about those things. And I think you talk about the profitability and a dollar to the bottom line. And I'm thinking about the cash flow side of their business because there are a lot of dealers that are you know, they may be skirting the edge on their profitability, but they're in a cash position to weather the storm operationally. They they may forecast to have enough cash to to get to that two year mark that you're talking about. So I think the profitability, as we know in our business, yeah. the profitability and cash mm -hmm. flow are are very different things. And some of our dealers see, um, you know, at times that um, that they do experience higher charge offs they experience also potentially a cash influx from the, the repossessed vehicle. So it's a question of how they manage those. Are they able yeah, to? Yeah, and, and, and uh, you bring up a good point. If, if you're in a heavy leverage situation, contracting, even though it might, it, it'll look bad on your financials initially, mm -hmm. it's from a cash flow point of view, phenomenal. Right. Phenomenal. If it, you know, if you're if you're used to selling 80 cars and you start selling 50 cars, yeah. that's 30 cars of cash sure. that you're positive now every month. I'm a big fan of sometimes doing a contraction. Sure. Uh, now you've got to the expenses got to be cut simultaneously. You can't be paying like you were selling 80 cars in expenses. Mm -hmm. um, but but if you're tied on your your leverage, if your bank's giving you some trouble. And you are a you know, and you have a decent sized portfolio. Shrink down, mm -hmm. convert it back into cash. It, you'll be surprised how quickly it converts That's back into wonderful cash. Advice. Six, yeah. six months can generate millions. If the, um, um, if the, if the know, money is high, then maybe let's use less of it. And of course, there was a, an incredible case study through COVID. We saw dealers contract very successfully, pay down yes. debt. Oh my gosh, yeah. Go but the difference oh. was that consumers had money from the government. Yes. Now they don't have yeah. it. And so then their cost yeah. of groceries is higher and fuel is yeah. higher. So we're in a different time. But the, still the lesson that you're talking about still applies in terms of when we can contract and manage our cash. So I think that's what mm -hmm. I would be making to the lender is both a profitability forecast and a cash flow forecast to show them I have the means, you know, from a cash perspective to manage my way from here to there. And that's roughly the time period, Stephen, that we've been telling our, our own clients and, and been saying on the morning show, if we can develop a strategy 
to carry us 24 months, then we can <laughs> catch our breath yep. and the world will be different in 24 months. And Absolutely. so we can just, oh, of course. let's just, uh, you know, get our way there and then we can regroup and meet with the professionals and figure out where we go next. We, we've got two topics yeah. that we're going to be bringing in the future. One is the small versus large and the other one is profitability in the bottom line, cash position to weather the storm by yeah. doing a little constricting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and you know the uh, uh, the um, and I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, that happens. <laughs> You're Welcome. having a <laughs> moment. <laughs> You don't have quite enough gray hair. Uh, we, we'll have you. Oh, what I was going to what I was going to say is, you know, dealers also need to begin to. They do need to delever because these banks are not going to do sixty five percent advance rates anymore. Right. That's just not even feasible. They won't even do sixty percent advance rates. Yeah. We know. In, we know that after 0809, banks got down as low as 50% advance rates. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they head in that direction again. Um, and that's because not, and that's um, partly because a lot of banks now set, set their um, advance rates based on a CRR minus 10 or 15 points. Mm -hmm. And everyone's CRRs are heading in the wrong direction right now. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll automatically cut the advance rates, but also, Part of that is based on what paper sells for in the third party market, and that is softening. Yeah. Um, finance companies, their interest rates are through the roof. Their losses are up. Yeah. They're going to have to raise their discount rates to 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 um, you know to for the, to fix their model. Yeah. And so, in turn, paper is going to paper is softening, right. um, and that in turn makes it less valuable to the banks. So the banks will lower their advance rates. So. You know, I really think, you know, everybody will be 55% in a year. And that's not um, a bad thing for a deal. No, no, of course. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of less debt. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but it takes a bit of discipline to to that's not it. borrow at 65 cents on every dollar. And, and maybe you got to sell 10 less cars to stay in a healthier cash position. And your growth will be a little slower in the long run. But I'm a fan of slow and steady versus... Sure. Fast and you're, you're, you're you know, all the way up and then all the way down is what happens if you go too quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, Jim yeah. is like long game, and it's not just in customer relations, but it's just the long game you, that he's he's keeps talking about. He's seen way too many dealers that hit this so fast, and they just it's like mm -hmm. grow, 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 grow right off a cliff. Yeah, I probably said that yeah. in articles mm -hmm. 15 years ago, Steve. It's like you can race right off a cliff in this business. Mm -hmm. Like you, you just can you can sell yourself out of capital. You can sell yourself yeah. out. You know. And obviously, if we don't have good underwriting and those things are improving, but, yep. you know, I th I'm feeling like we probably all need to get other things done with our Monday. So I but I, I'm grateful for you making time to yes. talk. We're going to have to have you back plenty because there's so much. By the way, Stephen really breezed over something. I don't think dealers hear. I certainly don't hear it enough. But, you know, it said that the, how the advance rate is typically arrived at based on collateral recovery rate, which means dealers need to know how to measure their own collateral recovery rate. We've yep. done many shows on the subject in the past, but it's, it's an important driver. And it kind of goes back to what I've always said. It's like, it's the yield on the portfolio. At the end of the day, we all got to be able to squeeze enough cash mm -hmm. out of our portfolios to make the thing work. And so, you know, obviously you're a, you're a person who lives more on the financial side, the P and L's and the profitability mm -hmm. side. And we, 
we calculate P&Ls to the extent we need to know how much income tax we're going to have. Yeah. You know, but we're yeah. really working on the cash flow side of it more. So, you know, it's just both both parts Great are going to matter. You know, it's yeah. really a lot of rich stuff to think about. But yeah, we're, we're grateful for you taking time out of your thank Monday you. to talk about this. So was, some of the comments are coming in that they're grateful like, for thank the, you, thank you, the, thank you. The conversation. So yeah, we're going to have you back for some more. This is really yeah. important stuff to talk. Can about. you stick around after we close out the show so we can say a proper goodbye and kind of talk about sure. what we sure. when we can have you back? Yeah, just stand back. Thanks again, Stephen. We really appreciate it. No problems. Thanks, guys. You bet. All right. Um, yeah, good stuff, as expected. Great stuff. And, you know, because I'm like the, I'm, if uh, sometimes I'm a super straight line and a lot of times I'm super squiggly line because I come from customer service and I, you know, it's about like the intangibles and all of that. And what I am hearing is, is it is time for dealers to do exactly what they expect their consumers to do. And that's, that's like be communicative, you know, take a look at your budgets, mm -hmm. see where you can see make where you can make a plan and we'll work with you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, we've had the conversation recently about the, the uh, capital providers and we had Russell Moore on where his wife was like, wait, so we're complaining that the lenders are tightening up, but we're getting harsher. Yeah on on our collections as well so it's like let's just figure out how we can find this beautiful it's not hard you know. just just imagine be a lender yeah. for a minute and say if if that yeah. we're if we're falling behind and there is no plan i mean what what would be the outcome there so yeah. it's like you know yeah. we know that that's a, a a way to get from here to there so yeah i think Stephen touched on some Absolutely. really important points and we we're grateful for him making time and so yeah tune in again Thank wednesday you. we'll let you know soon what our wednesday topic hey will be. guys have a great monday it's thanksgiving week enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you guys on wednesday have a great day guys <laughs>